Hey, thanks for listening to The Wannabes. This is a very special episode. We got webs in on the pod. But um, this is recorded before our uh, world started going through a literal pandemic. So you might hear not a lot of that. And not none at all, actually. It's uh, There's some... There's some dramatic irony going on with some of the topics we've talked about, but most of it is pretty timeless, I guess. That's a bigger term than I wanted to say. It's going to be a good episode. I already spoke to him. He might come on for a follow-up. Now, he has to, since I'm putting this in. Anyway, uh, I was super excited to have him on. He talked me through some stuff. I got to hear about his introductions to the scene. You know what? Just listen for yourself. It's really good. And thanks for listening. Check out our other episodes, etc. But that's all I got. All right. See ya. Like I said, there's no intro. Um, But I do want to say off the bat that I'm really happy to be your third podcast in two weeks <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for making time in your busy schedule i mean that i'm not being facetious no yeah it's really yeah. cool um thank you uh it's i would say it's more like two and a half podcasts two recording ones and then there was the one live one that uh wang chang did okay so um and that was that one was a, a bit more informal it was more of like a question and answer kind of like uh just take a look at commentary in general through my lens so um but uh, you know i'm always happy to talk to people about smash in general and just like kind of different things like that yeah man i think um so my opinions first off i've been watching for a while it's you know as someone who's been part of the scene for five years or so i've um seen you come from you know doing the regional thing and then hitting hitting the big time at summit all and everything in between um and you know get the fanfare out of the way i'm a big fan you know i really i really enjoy your style of commentary i enjoy the kind of tone that you bring um, the expertise you bring and to form it into a question um have you had to build your voice over time or do you think that you are just kind of yourself on the mic uh well thank you first of all um mm-hmm. i I feel like it's a little bit of both, to be frank. Um, so when I first like started commentating, um, it wasn't even something that I had planned to do like long term, you know. And uh, but it was something to do at events because I was bad at the game still when I started. So like I would be eliminated and like I'd play friendlies for a bit, but um, like at our locals we had like a stream set up, and then uh, when I started going to tournaments that were like a little bit further away um like i wouldn't make it out of pools (laughs) so i would ask to like commentate at like the tournaments and stuff too and uh when i first started a lot of my commentary came from a place of ignorance because i didn't know what was going on so i would commentate you know how like there's that kind of thing where people talk about how as a commentator they're representing the person who doesn't know what's going on right like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm asking Mm -hmm. the questions that the common person would be asking is you know how it's typically phrased well, I literally was doing that. Like, that's what I was doing. It wasn't intentional, um, but it was just like kind of how I learned. And um, 
as such, it was, you know, a little bit more conversational in nature. Um, I've always been a more well-spoken individual, um, which I actually credit to my parents because they had me reading from a really young age and reading out loud too. Uh, I remember when I was a kid in like elementary and middle school, I would always volunteer to like read out loud to the class and stuff. Like I was really proud of it, my abilities, you know? <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, it sort of has been a, a long time coming and it sort of is, you know, part of just who I am. Um, but commentary is not easy. It, it's something that you have to like get a feel for over time because, well, think about it this way. Uh, everybody knows about nice back hair, right? Well, I, yeah. I, I, I created nice back air, like <laughs> nice back air. No, I'm being serious. The, the Twitter account, uh, smash, uh, commentator, uh, I created that Twitter account and I tweeted nice back air and I followed, t uh, Gimmer on Twitter and he retweeted it. Like when I had, you know, cause it was just a parody account that had zero followers and it like exploded from there, you know? Um, <laughs> and the reason I created that account was not to mock any other commentators. It was actually a criticism of myself because, when I would listen back to my commentary a lot, I would hear myself repeating these these trite cliches, and I didn't like that. You know, it was something I strove to advance beyond. So, like, I was like, "Oh, this is such a typical commentator thing to say is they don't have anything else to say, so they just say nice back here." So, a lot of what my commentary from like an engineering, you know, the way I've engineered my commentary from that kind of standpoint, uh, the way it's been shaped has been to like avoid those kinds of, you know cliches and make it more accessible, um, interesting to listen to. And, uh, just in general, like, you know, um, worth having laid over a game of melee, you know, there's actual, I, I try to have actual value added when I commentate. Yeah. And is that something that from early on you decided to take it seriously? Like, all right, I'm going to contribute. I'm not going to be at this level for long. Like when did you decide to start making strides towards improvement? Um, when did I really start thinking about that? Hmm. Well, I knew I wanted to like, so a part of what got me into the Smash community from the beginning, from the beginning was that it was a community. Uh, you know, I've been involved in a lot of other games in a competitive sense before, but I had never really felt like a member of a community. And, um, the, the person who got me into Smash was a member of another gaming community that was in, that I was in. He's a Smasher himself. Uh, his tag is Svit. Um, he's from, uh, the Chicago area. He's run tournaments around the area. He used to be a moderator on smash world forums. Um, he's a long time. He's been around for ages. Um, shout out Svit. but he went to college with me. We went to, uh, NIU and we were on our collegiate Starcraft team together. So he was the one who introduced me to it. And the collegiate star league was kind of the first time that I had felt like, you know, a bit of a community member, uh, like, you know, like I had, it was beyond just playing the game with other people. Like there was like the team aspect to it. Um, but that was pretty limited. And then like the way that uh, Joe or Svit really described, you know, Smash. Um, and then especially when he showed me the Smash doc, like that, that show that sent it home for me. Right. Um, yeah. was like, you know, it was this big community full of people who could contribute in different ways. And I wanted to be a part of the community. I didn't, necessarily want to be a commentator from the get-go but i kind of like fell into like this this aspect of it that uh it did fit me pretty well and that i liked doing a lot and that i found myself um coming back to and giving me a reason to continue going to events um, like i still wanted to be a really good player all the way through like 2016 maybe 2017 but um 
commentary what was really what was kept me going to more events than I would have as a as a player. So I would say probably pretty early on, maybe like 2014, um, when I had been going to locals for a few months, and I got my first shot at a regional commentary level. Um, that was what really made me want to keep going with it because when I did that, um, do you want me to go into the story actually of how I did the first regional? All right. So I've told the story a bunch of times, but this is like one of my favorite stories because it goes to show that like people ask me all the time, how do you get into commentary? And a lot of it for me was luck. Like, uh, it was timing based, you know, um, because I had been going to locals in Chicago for man, three months, maybe. Um, when UFGTX came around and UFGTX was a fighting game series, um, that was held in the suburbs of Chicago. I think it was in Schomburg at the time and maybe it was in O'Hare, but either way it wasn't downtown and, um, Melee and PM were both like exploding in popularity at the time. So this was the 10th installment of the UFGT series and they added Melee and PM. And so everybody in the local community was hype. VGBC was coming out to stream it. Uh, D1 and TK Breezy came out to do commentary for it. Um, and we had like a bunch of strong PM players in our region. So like we were, there were some out-of-state PM players coming too. So there was like, you know, some some rivalry brewing there. And uh, during the tournament, like I wanted to commentate, but it wasn't something like I didn't go to the tournament explicitly to do commentary. But... Um, there's this uh, smasher whose tag is Ripple. Um, he's been around a long time, another old school player. Um, he's a brawl player, big PM player. I think he was on the PM dev team. Uh, really good melee player too. Um, he was also part of the SD remix team. So he's got quite a few credentials to his name. He ran Show Me Your Moves one year, but he knew Gimmer, like Gimmer knew him. And um, so Ripple was commentating PM and he was by himself. There was an open seat next to him. And I was playing friendlies maybe 20 feet to his left. I think I was like getting my ass beat by Pooch or something. I can't remember exactly. (laughs) But uh, so Ripple, I like looked over at Ripple and he like motioned to me to come sit down with him. I was like, okay. So like I went to go over to sit down and somebody from the VGBC team like came over and was like, whoa, 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 like, what are you doing? You don't have the the clear for this. And Ripple was like, no, 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 it's cool. And, uh, you know, Gimmer was at like the the stream running station and, and he like gave the OK after Ripple said I was cool. And I did like some sets with Ripple. And then later in the day, um, somehow I sat down for some melee sets, too. I, you know, I can't remember if I did any pool sets with D1 or not. But um, at the end of the day, because I think it was a two-day tournament, they asked me if I wanted to come back and do top eight of Melee because they didn't have anybody there for Melee. So I had been commentating for like three months at the time, just sitting down at like locals and just commentating on an open mic. Um, I was terrible at the game. I didn't know what was going on, but I understood all the like basics of it, you know, like DI (laughs) and like, you know, all the the advanced techniques because I could move around the screen like I wasn't like a complete scrub. Just mostly. It was like 90% scrub at this point. And um, I was gifted this amazing opportunity to be able to commentate a pretty high viewership top eight um, streamed on VGBC, which was, you know, like at the time it was VGBC and Clash tournaments were the two big streams. And I think VGBC was still a little little bigger even then. Um, So like not only was I given this opportunity like trusted with it really because you know first they tested me they gave me some pools that i had to do first 
before they asked me to come do uh, Melee Top 8. And um, not only that, but I got amazing feedback. Like everybody told me that I did a really good job. And uh, so much of my local community had like a lot of confidence in, in me. You know, all these friends who I'd recently made because I had only been into the game since like, you know, mid to late 2013. I'd only been going to locals since like the beginning of 2014. Um, and everyone was just so, so encouraging and positive about it. Like I didn't get any negative feedback and it, it just, it, it felt like I had like found my thing within the community. Like, and, uh, that was probably really when I started to take it a little bit more seriously and actually think about like, you know, what it meant to do commentary and all that. So I guess it was a little, little yeah. early into the, into my cycle of being in the community, um, that I really found commentary, you know, I wouldn't do it for long. Well, I wouldn't lie. Yeah, it's definitely a, a lot of right place, right time. Mm-hmm. But I think you said it before, like you had a, a certain talent for it and you enjoyed it. And so like, yes, if you didn't go to that tournament, if you weren't playing friendlies at that one spot, it wouldn't have all lined up. But there's also no saying that you wouldn't have ended up in the spot otherwise. Although, you know, it was definitely a a bump. Yeah. <laughs> To say the least. Yeah, and part of the timing, you know, it's not just that it was like explicitly this event, which I mean, it, I'm not gonna say like it was huge that that happened, but um, but it was also the era, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone, there was all these an influx of new players, um, and so like the core of the community was still pretty small, and commentary wasn't like a huge thing, you know. Like uh, at the bigger tournaments, they had commentary and. Now that like there were some streaming organizations, like the opportunities for commentary were popping up because of that. People hadn't really been thinking about it before. You know, in the past, there had been like uh, uh, infrequent few who were like returning commentators for events. You had like the guys who would do it on the East Coast, husband, wife, like Scar sometimes, East Coast Scar before he D1 moved over. Prague. Yeah, D1 Prague were the, the next iteration after that on the East Coast. And then on the West Coast, you had like homemade waffles, Phil, um, you know, a couple other guys who would get on the mic for pretty much mostly just the NorCal events. Um, So it wasn't like entrenched. Like the way people talk about commentary these days, they didn't talk about it like that back then at all. Um, It was completely different. So, you know, that was also part of the timing, too, was that I got into Melee before commentary was like this, this like thing, you know. Yeah. To the level. I think it's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think I think it's interesting. Also, just um, I feel like I'm just throwing you compliments, but um, you you have a sort of um, maturity to yourself. Where um, how how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm 31. Okay, you definitely are um, a, a voice of reason <laughs> uh, on the mic, and that 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 sounds like a meme. It's really important, I think, because um, a lot of what's going on in the scene at all times is just an undertone of maturity. I mean, we're playing um, immaturity. I should say we're playing a children's party game, right? Mm-hmm. And we're taking it very seriously. And there's a weird Delta in between of um, like, how do we conduct ourselves <laughs> properly, but honestly. Yeah. And I think you fill a, a very honest kind of uh, role there where you enjoy the game, you get excited, you, you, are there, but I don't sense like you are putting on any sort of voice or any sort of um, I need to act this way type of vibe. And that I think that just goes to show that some people, um, you know, if, if you're just honest with yourself and if you find your own voice, then there's a huge 
role for you, especially if you were asked as a kindergartner to, to read to the class. Or third grade. I don't know what kids read. Yeah, who knows? Probably not. It's a mystery. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think talent plays a role, and I think just um, temperament. You know, I think who we are um, is a huge factor that kind of doesn't get talked a lot, talked about a lot in in Smash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Um, and I think that's a, an accurate assessment too, because like I'm just being myself on the mic, and I'm literally just enthusiastic about. What, melee and like talking right. about what's happening like i don't get over crazy about things that uh you know to force it or anything like if i'm pumped about something then something crazy probably just happened <laughs> yeah. yeah that's important all right and speaking of being honest i um i have some some questions about my own experience that i'm just dying to ask someone who's been through the paces um and I don't care if anyone came here to listen to you and they're going to hear me rant for a little bit, but you know, it's my podcast. Yeah, dude. I get to do, do what it. you want. <laughs> so here's my, here's my current problem. I very much want to, um, my, my number one goal is to commentate pools at a major, right? Okay. Big goal of mine. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know really the path besides putting out a, what do they want a reel nowadays? Yeah, I feel like reel is like the the de facto kind of, or at least that's what people talk about. But I don't I don't know if that's really really how it works. It's not. It's not like yeah. it's not like you just put out a reel and that's like um or like you know you just link a reel to like a commentary manager and like hope you know. Um, right. I mean. So how does one make, you know do it now? Yeah, you know it's a different era. I, I've been asked this question a lot, so I have had some time to think about it. Um, you know, a big issue with the way that, like, melee as an, an entity is structured is that there is no structure. Um, all these individual events kind of like run their own thing, right? They all have tournaments and. There's crossover, like, you know, there's rule sets that most people are, are accepted to that. Ex- most people accept that a tournament will run, you know, there's slight variations, especially these days. I feel like people are starting to play with it a little bit more, but for years and years, it's been the same kind of thing. And it's the same with like the, the people who, who do things within the community too, right? Um, at the, at the very top of like the commentary game there, you're not going to see ba- barely, barely any movement at all. As long as the people who are currently commentating keep showing up to things, they're just going to keep being given spots unless they, uh, unless something happens like, um, unrelated to the game, uh, sure. for, they get canceled. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah. That's, guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, there's a tier below that, uh, tier is probably the wrong way to put it. Cause I don't like to like make it seem like there's like, you know, different levels of skill or whatever, like. Sure. Uh, it's, it's and I'm being honest about that too. Like there, I feel like there's some people who get better commentary spots than other folks who might do better than them. And that's not to speak ill of the people who are getting the spots right now. It's just that literally the opportunity for people below them to surpass them is given very rarely. Um, right. So and that filters all the way down to like doing pools at like a national too, right? Because most nationals aren't going to have more than like sixteen commentators. Um, there's some like Genesis typically, which is a cool thing that they typically will do more, 
they'll get up to like 20 commentators. I think some they've gotten to even more than that some years in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even at this point in time, like if you go look at the folks who commentated Genesis this year, a lot of those names are names that you've already seen commentating pools at nationals before, right? Um, you'd be hard pressed to find amongst the bunch uh, people who have not like already been attending tournaments and you know having positions for a long time um there's the <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't mean to throw shade here but there's the fendrick lamar route i'm just going to name it that where you uh begin you have an administrative role um like he did the commentary management for years uh, at like some of the east coast events uh, he did like pound i think he did shine one year maybe um smash con other stuff um where fendi would then he would you know schedule everything and then he'd put himself on for pools block um and then as time went on he would put himself on for like higher blocks too um some people didn't like that uh he had already been doing commentary for a while before he did it so it wasn't like completely unwarranted but you know there's a clear conflict of interest it's not like i'm gonna like be dishonest about it you know um i like fendi i like commentating with him i used to dislike it a lot more but over the years uh, i think he grew on me more and more as far as commentary went. Um, I also think he improved a yeah, lot. Yeah, he totally did. He, he t- I mean, he got a lot of feedback, I'll tell you what. And uh, he <laughs> took, you know, I feel like he took the correct things to heart the most time. You know, he if there's one thing that Fendrick's really good at, it's uh, personal growth. Um, so, you know, that might have been part of it no, too. He's one of my favorite people now. And I totally agree that that's like one route where it, at it first is. it rubbed me the wrong way. And then... I was like, all right, I like this guy a lot. I agree with his <laughs> politics too. Separate issue. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, all right, like this guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Um, yeah, and aside from that, like the way that most people will tell you, like the stock answer for this is that you like go to your locals, you commentate your locals. You, If you have larger tournaments in the area, like a regional or like, you know, a monthly or something, um, you do that if you can using your locals as like a springboard. And then you use that as a springboard for like the next larger tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of it from what I can see is not just like being good at it and knowing the right people, but also just going to things like a ton. Um, when I started commentating in 2014, you know, there weren't people, there weren't a lot of people above me who I had to like, you know, edge out for spots or whatever. And that wasn't the way I looked at it either. Um, I literally just went to like everything. So, cause not only did I like do my local commentary and then get really lucky and have like a bit of a, a breakout. So people, you know, some people knew who I was in particular, what was really important there was that Gimmer knew who I was and he was the stream guy right. in town, you know? Right. Um, because then he gave me spots at some Michigan regionals that I went to as well. I got uh, a, some commentary at Super Sweet in 2014, 2015 at Sweet Prologue. Um, those were both pretty big tournaments. But I also went to like every national too. Um, man, you can find me doing pools commentary at a lot of nationals from 2014 to 2016. So if you don't have like the time to just be showing up to literally everything and like always be producing uh work that is that is enjoyable that people you know will actually want to listen to um work that uh you are available to be doing frequently and then also like 
being an, an agreeable person person in general like I, feel like I like to feel like i'm personable you know like i've i've made friends with a lot of people behind the scenes just by virtue and it's i don't i legitimately have strictly not been like a, a quote unquote i hate this phrase but a clout chaser in the community like one of the ways that i always wanted to do it was to just like show up and be good and just like have that like let my work speak for itself and let that get me positions and um i don't i don't think you can do that in this day and age like it worked for me just by virtue of the fact that the, the that commentary grew up with me um as people became established while i was coming up and like i was going to everything my, my i was around you know so i I, li- I don't think that that path is viable anymore i think that you to really be able to jump into it you have to stand out in some way so you have to find a way that you really um do bring value and in a way that is Maybe not necessarily completely unique, but you at least have your own spin on one of the variations of commentary that you might see. And then you have to know the people and you got to be there a lot. Um, And, you know, some of those things might play more into factor than others, depending on how things pan out for each individual who's trying to get into commentary for Smash and especially Melee in particular. Um, But those are like the big three, I think, of like different categories or ways that you can try to increase your chances. Um, if I might ask, have you done a ton of like regional commentary kind of stuff? Um, a decent amount. Here's my issue. And it, this is going to be the world's smallest violin. <laughs> and again, any listeners that came for webs, you know, whatever. Um, so my issue is for, well, for regionals, I've done a good amount. I've done... Uh, maybe three or four upstate regionals, um, some top eights, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, upstate New York, I should say. Um, and besides that, not much else. I um, try to get on the local HNC, which I definitely see, Hex's Nightclub, I definitely see as a route because it's pulling in a lot of viewers. Yeah, that would be a good route. Um, my problem is that I, I, I don't want to sacrifice playing. And... Oftentimes, if I'm at Hex's nightclub and, you know, I'm there to kind of try to focus and play and win, and I try to double down and get commentary experience, get on the mic also, then it harms one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a bad loss, you know, I, then I punch myself. I'm like, oh, I could have beaten XYZ and then, you know, it turns into an existential question of do I need to quit playing to pursue commentary? Do I need to, or do I need to not commentate in order to, you know, try to get as good as I can be. And so that's the, the position I've, I've gained a lot of, if I'm being honest, um, a lot of frustration and a lot of resentment towards the way the system works Mm -hmm. is that if I want to take this seriously, if I want to reach for top hundred and, you know, achieve these things I've, I've had as goals for a long time, but I feel like I'm sacrificing another goal I have. It's like, at what point do I put down one rock and, and hold the other one tight to my chest? Um, and it's a deep frustration. And it was something I wanted to bring up to you. I didn't know how to exactly do it. I guess this is the, the way I can. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I feel like you'd have insight into um, how to at least address, you know, I'm not asking you for an answer, but how do I approach this, you know, in a, in a philosophical sense, I guess. Well, that is something that I actually did experience as well. 
Um, like I said, I wanted to be like a really good player for year for a few years uh, from 2013 and 2000, probably like through 2016. I wanted to be like a good player. Um, and it would affect me on commentary having performed poorly at a tournament. Um, I remember specifically at pound 2016, uh, that was the tournament that I decided that I wasn't, that I was going to lay off the gas on trying to improve as a player. Um, I had like some life changes that I was going through like a job change and, um, I had just a fucking, just a miserable performance at that tournament <laughs> and I was sick all weekend. Um, just like, it was just all bad. Dude, ugh. I stayed at Fendi's place that weekend too. He housed me. And the night before the tournament, I, I we played, I played, uh, Fox versus Marth against him. And, uh, I think we played maybe 13 games in a row on FD at like 11 PM. And I didn't take a single stock. I think he like, what? I think he took like 66 stocks in a row on FD against me. <laughs> holy shit yeah i got john's out the ass i was i was sick uh fendi's place powers him up apparently um i don't know i i i was just like mad too so i would lose and i would just run it back to fd it was on fd every game and then he would go to the corner and i would attack him in the corner as fox and just die repeatedly this happened Mm. for way too long in a row we should have stopped playing an hour and a half before we did but i just kept running him back (laughs) oh man Fun times. Um, But at that tournament, like, yeah, like before that, definitely I would have instances where uh, I felt like my commentary was affected by it because it was like, it's like a mind state. You know, you can't stop. You've heard the whole trope about commentators who get on the mic and then they just talk about their own performance. Like, (laughs) that's me. Yeah. That's literally me. Yeah. You just like, because you can't get it out of your head, right? You're so focused on it. I try. I used to try not to. I've gotten better at it. I used to do that constantly, especially my locals. I would get on and just be like, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. He plays like a (laughs) bitch. You know, not like that actually. Well, sometimes, but um, you know, uh, and you know, commentary had been going fairly well for me up until that point, anyway. Um, but it was like an extra added stress for sure. So I could see definitely how somebody who's in more of a position to like there, because you're much closer to be on the cusp of like really breaking through as a player than I ever was. Um. So I, I can only imagine that it would be amplified for you. Um, and the stress of competing is much more than the, well, for me personally, I, I can't speak for everyone, but the, the stress of competing was always way more than the stress of talking into a microphone about the game. Like that's a, yeah. a much smaller stress. <laughs> like, I guess, you know, the, the only stress there is that you might say something dumb and people would think you're an idiot for it, you know, but that's not much. Yeah. So um, I don't really know if there's a solution for it, but I can definitely empathize with you. I guess that's all I really wanted at a human level mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was empathy. Right. And I think I think it's just the way it is. You know, lamenting on it for too long is not really going to do anything. And plus, I have this as an outlet to maybe weasel in some some slots here and there where – I can point to something else and be like, look, I've experienced talking into a microphone. Yeah, you could always make a reel too if you want, you know. <laughs> I, I could. I could just, you know, actually make a reel and stop being like, I don't think it's the right way. There's a lot of things I'm, I'm a, lot, a lot of roadblocks I'm putting onto myself too. So it's like, 
Yeah. You know, I'm not going to every major. I'm not, you know, DMing enough people. You know, there's there's a weird kind of energy of now I'm just really talking about myself, but um, you know, I, I'm gatekeeping myself in a way. And uh, I'll stop that and I'll turn it on to you again because um, I really want to talk about something that's not me and something more exciting. I know. I had fun talking about that little topic. It's an interesting thing to, to bring up for sure. Well, fuck it. Let's stay on it because uh, <laughs> I'm not over it. I'm clearly not over it. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, it's weird going to agency and being and having to choose between um like because look we have local commentators we have ipengu we have good guy greg and mm-hmm. they're putting in their hours yeah they are good friends of mine i th- i think they're good at what they do and they deserve those slots but if i am you know in top eight i can't commentate top eight it's done it's over yeah and besides top eight who gives a shit who's on the microphone for for round one pools at eight round one at a, at a local you know mm-hmm. so i'm sitting there like do i take every other week off and then at the same time am i just thinking of this as a route is like a means to an end or am i doing the thing which i actually enjoy which is the whole point of why we're here you know what am i sacrificing to get this arbitrary goal of pools at a major and there's no f- financial gain to it there's no clout that's going to come from that that's another means to an end and you know, at what point am I just doing something that is not meant for me and just something that I think I'm supposed to be doing? It's all fucked up. Yeah. Maybe you should take a week off HNC and just go and commentate. Just see if you can get as much commentary in as you can. They talk to somebody about it ahead of time. Because they, I mean, how frequently, dude, last time I turned into HNC, nobody was commentating. It was just like top eight, just like nobody on the mic. <laughs> really? Yeah, just briefly. Mother but it was for mother. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe I, uh, maybe that's a good idea because there's plenty of them, you know. I think that'll also answer some of the questions that you ask yourself too. You know, if you give it a, a shot separately of it, and um, you know, it would be good. Like you mentioned, you have Ipangu and uh, Good Guy Craig. They've both done commentary at majors before, um, so maybe talk to them a little bit about like that thought and whether or not it would be worth it to you from their perspective for you to do something like that. I feel like it might be, but. Again, you know, it's just something you have to try out and see how you feel about it. Damn. I, I hate that you answered it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you just had it. That is such an obvious answer. Yeah. I guess that's all I needed was just to vent it out and hear a... Uh, I mean, it's sick that you have Hax's nightclub now. That's, it's, you know, both yeah. from a competitive and now from a commentary standpoint too. I mean, yeah, small violin, I'm telling you. It's like, <laughs> I literally, I, I'm struggling to find opportunities to complain like will just interviewed nikki we put that episode out today mm-hmm. and um i'm hearing nikki just be like i go to these locals and there's five people and i have to do my best to try to improve the uh, like, the german smasher nikki yeah okay yeah and we're like yeah we're seated 16th and <laughs> and 10 people are top 100 <laughs> like it's the dumbest stacked tournament ever it's so stacked yeah so i mean it's a great opportunity i I shouldn't really complain but you know it's tricky you know we all think that we're doing something that's right and then halfway through we're like oh no i'm just strategizing my life around 
something, you know, that, that in the future will make me feel good or make me happy, but what's right for me now? And I think that's kind of the question I always have, at least for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. But there's something else I wanted to talk about. Just um, something very recently. And this is good that we had the delay because this would not have been a topic. Um, I think I know what you're going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Super Tuesday is tomorrow. Oh, shit. No. no that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a smash circuit, bro. Mm-hmm. An actual circuit. An actual circuit. That's right. And I don't know about you. It kind of hasn't fully set in yet for me. Like the implications of it aren't completely obvious, but I'm very excited for it like what do you take out of it what's what's going on explain it to me well i think that i feel the same as you where it hasn't set in really Mm -hmm. um for me particularly because like i felt like the announcement and then the follow-up are just like so information devoid or like devoid of information (laughs) like a lot of big numbers being thrown around and like there's this tier system that they have which is really cool where like how events can apply to be a part of it um which is interesting but then also that like shrouds a lot of it in uncertainty and mystery because i don't know like they have uh, obviously the announced events and then i don't know how they're going to handle like the tiny events that are going to try to like be part of it too um like what the criteria will be for what events will be like ranked for each different tier of points and like how long in advance you'll know before events whether or not something's worth something why so many large majors aren't like on it um as of yet like i i imagine some of them are liable to get added um because i i can't think of why they wouldn't um right unless there's not really enough of an incentive like maybe the tos don't feel like that it's enough of an incentive for them which is why they didn't sign on initially maybe they have to see it pan out a little bit um but like at the same time it's hard not to get a little excited just on the fact that we actually do have some kind of like thing that's pulling structure in around like the tournament scene at large Um, especially when Mm -hmm. you put up the big number sign for the the dollar amounts too you know they come out they came out the gate with the 250k and everyone's like whoa you know um and they have like a whole final system set up um kind of sucks that they're stomping on don't park which has yeah, been like one of the one of yeah it really is it's been one of the events that has gotten shit on the most <laughs> throughout the uh, the years I think this is like yeah. the second time that it's been scheduled over and it was canceled once because of like some scheduling conflict um or something like that who screwed them last time was it summit I was talking to somebody about that before and I can't remember who it was uh yeah. I'd have to go back and look because I think Dome Park is usually around like that mid to late not no mid to early december um months or weeks like december like 10th to 20th somewhere in there is where it usually falls so we could probably figure out what event it was right through a little bit of sleuthing but i haven't done that um for me personally i don't think that that the announcement of the circuit is going to change anything because <laughs> like already i'm not really going to be going to like a ton of stuff um at the beginning of the year i was pretty fortunate to be able to go to two things uh, with Genesis and Smash Summit, which were both awesome, but like I don't have a ton planned that is not like a, a regional that is near me um, for like right. a while now. So um, even, why is that? Uh, mostly just work. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like I'd go to more things. Um, 
if I was not gainfully employed and my company had like more of a lenient time off policy. But um, we are, we make our money off of billable hours. So like it's tough from the upper management standpoint to like give lots of PTO to your employees when that is literal money walking out the door, you know? Right, right, right. Um, which sucks, but I also love my company. So, you know, it's a good working environment and stuff. I'm really glad you said that. And just to take a, a beat to stay on this, because I don't think we'll talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring more attention to people like you and people like me but also like you are very public in the scene you're you're clearly at events getting um a lot of spots and and you know thriving in that sense but um yeah you have a job like you have to <laughs> yeah i gotta live <laughs> yeah and i think um i think it just i wanted to take a second to to acknowledge that most people that play this game or commentate to are involved heavily in the community are um, pushing their careers forward also. And that, that is a billion percent. Okay. And, and highly recommended. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Just wanted to, that's a big theme of this podcast in particular um, is how, you know, we, we go through our day to day lives and we have melee always, but, we make sure that we're, you know, making our, our rent checks, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted to speak on that a little bit, but yeah. I just thought it was very important. I mean, I feel like most people get into Melee when they don't have all that responsibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got into it uh, right at the end of college for me. Um, and for, you know, I didn't graduate college until I was in like my mid-20s. So it was like very late um, age-wise compared to most people. So I've always had to like fight against like <laughs> my limited time um, and just try to make it work as best I can. Um, when I when I was like grinding and going to events for a while in like 2015 and 2016, uh, that was like me spending all of my PTO time on going to like smash tournaments. Like I didn't really use it for much else. Um, so like. I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> My life yeah. suffered elsewhere for it. But like, you know, if if you're really passionate about something and you want to invest time into it, um, you have to do it in a way that works for you. And you don't want to hurt yourself doing it. Um, I mean, I've, okay. I've been on both sides of it now. Like I started off with, I put like all of, I mean, initially I, I wasn't even, you know, I, I graduated college, like I was in college. I had a ton of time because of that and I had like some money still saved up. So I was able to travel with some of that money. And then I graduated college and I was unemployed for a bit. So I used that unemployed time and I probably should have like gone a little bit harder on the job hunt, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> and, uh, and now, um, and then I did get a job and I, you know, used all of my PTO time in melee. I pretty much only thought about melee and, uh, you know, personal relationships I had suffered for it because, uh, I was not, emphasizing the rest of my life enough and um it got me to where i am now i guess but like like i said earlier a lot of that was luck and getting in at the right time you know i i don't advocate for anybody to like go all in on smash by any stretch of the imagination even with the announcement of a big circuit you know there's it's just an announcement we don't really know how everything's panning out yet you know 
if if in four years from now the circuit seems stable and we have some people in positions who are making decisions and there's like checks and balances and like people are actually making a stable living off of the situation then by all means um that's you know quite a while of quite a while away and quite a bit of uh of ifs so um at this point in time at least you know you got to be thinking about life and yourself and well, this is also kind of the tricky thing about Melee is um, there's always that, you know, that person that's coming out of school that, you know, is maybe they are top 100, maybe they're like, you know, 60th or something. And there comes that point where they come to the decision, not that they think that it's a viable career. I don't think Melee players are delusional to that fact, but I think it's a matter of if they don't do it now they'll never they'll never be able to do it mm-hmm. you know yeah and I, I i tackle with this idea i mean i'm not in this position you know i'm i say this all the time i'm i'd rather be someone fighting to be top 100 than someone fighting to be top 10 in this game because when you're fighting to be top 10 you are in the constant struggle of making it your living because that's the only way to survive there but when you're just, you know, trying to casually improve and, and casually improve, you know, keep it as a, 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 a lower priority, you get to enjoy the process more and take your time. Um, so with this, this circuit coming out, do you think that there's going to be a kind of uh, mentality shift more towards the go for your dreams, you can do it time type of attitude? Or do you think that melee players are mature enough to kind of understand that this might not be the end all be all for them um yeah that's tough i feel like melee players are in general a pretty skeptical bunch um Hmm. you know we get really defensive about who we are um what being a melee player represents you know anytime that there's anybody who comes in with any kind of money to melee and we don't like (laughs) we don't like yeah i mean that's a perfect example right anytime somebody comes in and they got some cash and they want to just start throwing it around we're always like okay you need to answer a bunch of questions first and you you need to show up with some some works cited you need uh references like five references email phone number uh relation how do you know this person and then we like yep we suss them all out before we actually like trust anybody so um you know most people i feel like are approaching the tour with from what i've seen a healthy amount of skepticism um and it's generally something that we should be excited about too um like anytime anyone takes a risk like that uh to try to build up uh the smash community um they should be applauded for their efforts and we should do our best to you know make sure that First of all, that it is with the community's best interest at mine. And then second of all, that once we know that we do support them through and through. Right. Um, so I don't think that this, like I said before, I don't think this tour changes anything for most people. Um, I see it like some top players, like uh, like the folks you mentioned, you know, top 10-ish. Um, we go, like IBDW and Fiction are a couple that always pop into my mind because those are the two probably the most outspoken recently. Just about like, being a melee player in general (laughs) as a living you know like they both have had to think about that a lot um i think fiction lives at home and ibdw is like just struggling 
day to day to just make it work. So, um, I completely understand them being really excited and looking forward to this. And, but like one thing that I, I sometimes feel like, you know, smash community members, um, who are less connected to the scene, something that they tend to do. And I'm not sure why this is exactly, maybe it has a little bit to do with how, why we, with how we like almost fetishize skill in the game. But some people will adopt the the position of a top player on something like this. And they'll be like, ah, for these reasons, I also support it. Whereas for them, it might not be like, you know, the same. <laughs> like, right. uh, do, you, do you kind of know what I'm, I'm driving at with that? I'm loving the term fetishizing skill, but I also completely follow what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's important for people to have their own opinions, but at the same time, um, there is something, you know, that's okay. It's it's weird. I don't want to just say like, no, have your own opinions. Because if you're just coming into the scene, you want to follow someone who's been there, who knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, just agreeing with someone because they're your favorite player, it's like, all right, how, how cyclical are we going to be right now? Yeah. How much of a feedback loop do we want to introduce to Twitter, the, the mother of all feedback loops? It's like... Uh, yeah it's a little dangerous you know and it's it's good to like be um to be positive about it for players who you love and support right like like i said earlier like i do think that genuinely that the smash world tour is a big boon for people in fiction and ibdw shoes like they should be excited about this and while personally when i look at the tour and i say that's cool and i hope it does well like for me as an individual, it doesn't change much about how I'm going to be going about approaching my place in the scene. But I do feel um, some um, positivity towards it for them, you know, because like, man, it's quite a decision to make to put to stake your life on <laughs> on competing in Super Smash Brothers Melee tournaments. Um, right. I, I can't think of many games that can reach a level of stress to just play that Melee can. So, you know, just from a strictly like, you know, difficult, difficulty perspective, like skill ceiling perspective. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it, I would say to put a little bow on the whole announcement from my perspective, I think that it's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out, especially in like the near future, because like I said, there are a lot of question marks and I feel like some blanks are going to have to be filled in, um, sooner than later, but um i'll i'll be really interested to see not only how in the very short term how it pans out but at the end of this first iteration you know hopefully it is only the first iteration um of the smash world tour that right smash world tour that's what it's called yeah smash world i guess yeah (laughs) yeah i was like i keep wanting to say circuit but like it technically it is the smash world tour Mm -hmm. um that uh yeah once we do get to the end of the this first iteration um we can kind of step back and you know get a clearer picture for how everything is is going yeah and i have a i have a quick thought and a long thought quick thought is we need like a nintendo direct type video just like a 12 minute video with tafo just going through the steps of how this is actually going to work um that would just that that would i think unlock you know all the hype from everyone because then there'd be no more confusion 
Um, so whoever wants to make that content, do it. Be, you know, you'll go crazy. You'll get five thousand views. It'll be viral. Um, second thing is my only concern, and I mentioned the kind of community, uh, I guess zeitgeist of this whole era. Um, I I'm a little concerned that people are going to kick it into turbo in a sense rather than trust their own process and what i mean by that is i think we're at risk at burnout of burnout as a scene and the people at the top 25 35 um you know commentators tos um there felt it felt like we were all kind of at peace with where the scene was and we were all starting to and I don't want to speak for everyone. I really don't, but I'm on Twitter constantly. So I think I'm credible. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that there was a kind of, um, you know, you know, with a Falcon, you want to keep it hungry when you're training like birds of prey and you want to keep it hungry so that it keeps wanting to, to hunt. Okay. You, you never fully feed it. All right. I'm with you. And so it doesn't starve, but it keeps its killer instinct. It, it stays sharp, you know, it stays hungry and it, and it keeps pushing forward. And that's how you eventually have it unlock its potential. Gotcha. It, it felt like the scene was a little bit in that kind of uh, healthy ketosis sort of zone where people were finding themselves, you know, um, finding other avenues really embracing content creation as a sort of path for them um you know seriously contemplating how to survive and and how to go for the long term and thinking years ahead and then this announcement comes and there's a huge burst of energy and excitement and people are freaking out you know i'm gonna start i'm gonna start streaming for this i'm gonna start you know, taking this seriously, you know, I'm, I'm shitting myself, you know, all these tweets coming out <laughs> and I'm a little concerned that people might lose that long-term kind of 401k energy that we all had. And maybe that's just me projecting. Maybe that's, you know, uh, just me being a little concerned about, you know, all the money being pumped in, in general, that, that healthy skepticism you mentioned, but um, it seems like it could be a big problem that I think we should keep an eye out. And, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I actually really, I like the way that you said that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that some people would 100% agree with the way that you were with one specific word that you used, which is that people were getting comfortable with where we were. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't want to give that impression. I yeah, think. yeah. I just want to make sure that, you know, clearly on that, that I don't think there's, sure. there's some folks who are, you know, they do, they were looking for more, you know, and, and yeah, but there's also something to, you know, when you are limited in some way that you're forced to like think creatively about a, a problem, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and like, <laughs> I think the, what really embodies what you were trying to convey there was West Ball's response. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that was, um, I was trying to reference that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the one that really hit me the hardest. Because, like, I mean, West Ball's has gone through some tougher times as far as competition has been concerned over the last year mm-hmm. and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Man, he was a he was a perennial top tenner for a while, 
And, um, you know, he slipped all the way down into the 30s on the MPG, MPGR this year. Um, he still gets good results. Uh, Genesis, he did pretty good. I think he got 13th or 9th, something like that. Maybe 17th. But um, he had some good wins, and he ran some close sets even when he lost. And he's always had some personal stuff that he's been working on too. You know, uh, there's different reasons why people fade in and out of competition. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, like, was talking on Twitter like a big game. He's like, man, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to try to get a sponsor. I'm going to try to, like, get into the best melee shape that I possibly can. And it's great in, in the short term to have that that burst of motivation to get you working on something. But you have to then also, like like you said, build, like, a foundation, you know, like, um it's like when you're changing a habit or something you don't just make the change yeah uh it's like it's something that you develop so um hopefully this does work in that manner where people can maintain the excitement um when is when is the do you know when the circuit is starting actually What's the, I don't know the first shit. event. I actually know nothing about. It. I looked a little bit into it because, from what I know, they have a Twitter, a Smash GG, and then a uh, a website and a Twitch logo in their sponsored corner. Oh, I know that much. Interesting. Yeah, they're sponsored by Twitter. Oh, uh, not Twitter. Sorry, Twitch. <laughs> sponsored by Twitter. Oh, imagine. Yeah, March thirteenth, um, fifteenth. CEO Dreamland is on it, so that's coming up really quick here. So right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, that's 11 days from now is uh, March 13th. So from the time of this recording, of course, I don't know when this podcast is being released. Um, But I mean, shit, I guess we'll just see how it pans out to the first event, because that is a pretty short time from announcement to, you know, event. So like there is still that excitement period right now. And pretty quickly, we're going to start seeing actual like things that are related to it happening like events Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like events not only occurring that are part of it but then also events more events signing up for it i would imagine to be on the tour um which god that's the thing i'm the most interested to see (laughs) i have no idea how this is this part of it is going to play out with uh with their this open application process for any tour any event to be be part of the tour yeah it really is really is yeah it's yeah, I I think that your concerns are warranted for sure. Um, hopefully, it just, plays out for the best. Yeah, I I hope so too. And I think it's kind of just a, a general theme of um, a feast or famine mentality that seems to sprout up every once in a while. And and I hope that um, the community, you know, God forbid this goes away. And you know, I've seen the documentary enough <laughs> to know that this is not going to kill melee melee is probably not going to die for a very long time yeah um but you know i've seen too many of my favorite players tos commentators community leaders have to leave because they had to figure their lives out and i just want to live in a world where everyone can kind of keep melee in their back pocket sustainably and stick around and and enjoy it for a long period of time rather than go hard you know be bobby big balls for i don't know when that dude's gonna hit a wall for he real hasn't 
hasn't yet. He's but. been going strong for like, man, he's been going to like a tournament every weekend for way too many weeks in a row. He's going to like three tournaments a week or some shit. Like he's literally out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> um, at this point, I don't even know if he has a kid or not or if he's just that committed to the joke. But <laughs> shit, I don't know. He's my favorite person in the universe. But not everyone could be Bobby Big Balls. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, I just hope that um, who I don't know why I kept turning it negative. I think it's just – I want um it's want because dude it's because of that's like our perspective as melee players like legitimately people who've been in the scene for a while they've like you know they're just we we are attracted to authenticity um so anytime there's anything that we feel like doesn't represent us or you know doesn't match with our interests in some way um even if like like I mean th- this is from the team behind VG Bootcamp who's been streaming Smash tournaments for a decade at this point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they're part partnering with Super Smash Con, which is like an organization that's been running for years now. Super um, grassroots. Super grassroots, yeah, from the ground up. Um, I think it's just we just might be distrusting of just like money. <laughs> so we're so used to being poor, <laughs> too man. Much we're money. just like two hundred fifty thousand. Nah, can't be good. Got to be bad. Ten thousand more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ten thousand is the most. We cap it totally at ten k. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I hope. I really hope it goes well. I hope so too. Um, speaking of going well, I think this went really well. Um, oh. We're just about winding up. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, your future, what you kind of project for yourself going forward. I know you mentioned not too many tournaments this year. Um, I'm sure your standard is much higher than others, so I'm, I'm hoping we'll see you around. But Yeah, true. Um, where do you kind of see yourself going? Um, what's your goal? You know, when, when are we going to expect you to retire? <laughs> announce yeah. your retirement please <laughs> this is the, yeah this would be the uh the exclusive that you've been looking for huh oh the juice yeah um gas it up but um it's funny actually you mentioned that because uh in the melee stats podcast discord server i have my own custom role um called retired commentator i'm the, I'm the okay. only one who has that role be- because i didn't go to <laughs> tournaments for really much for 2017 was it hmm. uh 2018 in 2018 i didn't really go to anything i went to like one or two tournaments that year um so like give me that we thought it would be funny to give me the retired commentator role it is pretty funny pretty good but i mean i'm just kind of like on cruise control as far as melee is concerned um I mentioned earlier how like uh, somewhat of a point of pride for me is that I never like I feel so dumb saying it this way that I never like clout chased to get to where I am. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I just always wanted to just show up and do the best I could. And like, obviously, I made friends with folks through the year who had positions of uh, of importance where they would help me to get spots on commentary. Um, but I don't think that that was at all a part of why that I, uh, you know, ended up where I was, uh, because when I was getting all my initial spots, it was, it was through people who were giving me shots for the first time. Um, you know, I, I did UFGTX. It was my first event. Went awesome. Did a few other like regionals and smaller things throughout 2014. Um, went to apex 2015 and got my first shot at a, a national from, um, 
from Max uh, Juice Doom. Um, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why. I was trying to think back the other day to why he gave me that that spot. I did one block at Apex 2015 with D1 again. It was with D1. I've done so many blocks with D1 over the years. Um, it was the only block I did, and I was so terrified that I wasn't going to be able to get to do it because of the, the tournament getting canceled on day one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, I still got it. They still gave it to me because the tournament had to be played, so they, they just kind of like reworked how they were doing all the scheduling and everything, and I got my... Like hour and 45 minutes, I think, is what it ended up being. Nice. And, uh, you know, I got a few other things for a while after that. And then I got Evo in 2015 or 2016 was the first Evo I did. And from then on, like, I feel like, you know, once I had once I did Evo, I felt like I was pretty much just always going to be able to get spots at different places. So, um, you know, for a long time, my goal after that was to commentate a top eight. Um, I finally got to do that at Shine 2016 um, or 2017. What was the first year of Shine 2016? I don't know. <laughs> the I first I was one. there, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you probably were. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was Shine 2016. So I got to do my top eight with Vish, which was awesome. And past that, I've never really had much of a goal as far as commentary. Um, it's just something I've always loved doing um, ever since you know I first started doing it. Um, I love watching melee i love talking about melee um i don't say it enough but i'm so thankful for everybody who compliments me and tells me they enjoy my commentary and you're welcome yeah yeah this whole podcast has just been (laughs) this has just been you saying that to me um but uh i don't really consider myself like much of a community figure because that's not my goal either Um, my goal has always been about commentary um playing the game too like i still like playing like i've been actually competing locally in chicago uh lately uh man i, I hadn't entered a, a local for two and a half or a tournament for like two years or two and a half years or so wow when i did start entering this year uh only about two months ago i started entering again and um you know beyond just like commentating and playing i don't really have like any desire to be like a community figurehead or like you know uh have a bunch of Twitter followers or like be a person who wields their influence or clout in some way. Um, sometimes I feel almost guilty of that in, in that because I do have like influence. I have like 8,000 Twitter followers, <laughs> but I just tweet dumb shit. Like I, I tweet <laughs> things that I think are, that are entertaining, you know, like I'm not out here trying to like, you know, uh, promote things with it or be a person and get to know other famous. Like I, I hate all that, you know, the fetishization of skill and like putting people on a pedestal has always made me uncomfortable. So if you come up to me and talk to me at a tournament, I'll probably ask what your name is and just like chat with you. Like, don't be scared of me. Um, and then I'll go on Twitter and make jokes about how I had to sign like 50 things. And even though I, I don't think I've signed anything. Well, I actually, I had to sign some stuff at smash summit, but that was compulsory because <laughs> they made me do it. But like, nobody's asked me to like sign something in like a while. So don't ask me to do that. <laughs> Um, and because of that going forward into the future, uh, like I'm just, you're going to just see me showing up to tournaments when I can, uh, seeing my friends and commentating where I can, um, because that's what I like to do. And I, I feel like I have enough confidence in myself to say that I think I do a pretty good job at it. Um, and I hope that, uh, going forward, you know, 
I'm able to just keep doing it for the foreseeable future. Um, even if Melee becomes like this crazy huge, like profitable thing, uh, like if it were to happen like right now, then like, yeah, probably I would quit my job and like, commentate full time because that sounds way more lit than like my current <laughs> yep. situation, which like I said before, I do like my job. Like I enjoy it. I like the people I work with. I like my company. I like the work that I do. Um, but uh, like, come on, <laughs> commentating yep. Melee full time. That'd be sick. I love doing that would it. That'd be so. sick. Yeah. So in the, in the future, you know, if it, if it does end up happening, we'll see where I am in life then to like maybe be able to run it. But, you know, until then, I just hope to show up when I can and show out. You know, it's just how it is. Hey, Webs, this has been an enlightening talk. You've helped me through my problems somehow. That happened. Yeah, a little bit right of therapy. In the, <laughs> right in the middle. Yeah. Um, you shined a light on the way you treat the game your upbringing you just hit all the spots that i could have ever imagined hitting thanks for letting me clout chase you onto this thing of course uh if you have any final shout outs or, or words of encouragement now's your time um you should get drunk and message people to come onto your podcast more frequently man bro or- i can't believe it worked because <laughs> yeah. that's how you asked me right you were- <laughs> yep i was <laughs> wasted just super drunk and you were like webs come come be on my podcast Uh, i know about your podcast like i knew about it beforehand i know who you are already yeah you didn't have to like be all you know i don't know i I felt (laughs) silly like when you sent that to me like i was like i'm some big famous person no (laughs) not by any stretch of the imagination i like talking Uh, bring me on it'll be fun yeah man uh well i'm like putting my hands in my face which you shouldn't do coronavirus but uh thanks for thanks for putting up with my uh drunk nonsense talking me into taking a week off agency and uh i'll see you in your next podcast in like three days or something <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's another one that's gonna be lined up soon no doubt and i can't wait to listen to it yeah well thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah have a good night man take care yep you too false stop all right Pause.